It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. We are talking 2024 recruiting CSU football on fire of late. We've got five guys to talk about on part one here. And then in part two, we are going to give out a couple of guys to keep an eye on. A couple of guys I think CSU has a good chance of landing. I will briefly go over a few guys that are going elsewhere. Just some local recruits that CSU offered, but are largely going to be five guys, a couple of guys going to Wyoming. And then at the very end, we are going to have some fun. It is the off season. I'm going to give my top 10 songs by George Strait. He was recently in Denver. A lot of the CSU football staff was there. I found out that Jay Norvell's a big George Strait fan. Another reason to like him. So a lot to get into, but it's nice. It's nice to have some news to talk about, especially as we approach July, typically the deadest time of year for college athletics. Certainly can be tough to be a guy that has to make content during this time. But real briefly in the intro, before we talk about the latest in recruiting, I did want to talk about this LSU situation. If you missed the news Uh, Last Thursday, the NCAA ruled regarding a bunch of violations by LSU men's basketball and football. Both programs received a lump penalty, three years probation, but neither was hit with a lack of institutional control charge or a postseason ban. Really, what's interesting about this situation is LSU has to vacate 37 wins from during Les Miles' tenure. And while I will forever say that vacating wins is completely pointless, Technically, 2013 Louisville isn't the national champion anymore, even though we all watched them win in March Madness. I saw them beat the hell out of CSU. I watched it with my own eyes. It's so dumb. But this is significant because with LSU having to forfeit those 37 games between 2012 and 2015, Les Miles no longer eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. You have to have a 600 winning percentage in 10 plus years as a coach at the FBS level. We've talked about this a lot because Unfortunately, Sonny Lubick, his career winning percentage just below the threshold. I think it's 594. But it just frustrates me because this is yet another example of a coach who was very successful, but clearly went about it the wrong way. Not trying to get on my high horse here or pile on less miles. I really don't care about him specifically. There's so many guys out there that have done this. But to me, that's what makes what Sonny did in Fort Collins that much more special. He came to a program that historically had never won anything. The 1990 Freedom Bowl, and that's basically it, outside of going to the early 1900s. And Sonny was able to come here, build up a winner, sustain that success for a decade plus, without scandal, without issues off of the field, without cheating. 
he's one of the greatest men to ever be a significant figure in this sport. And when you consider everything that he was able to do at CSU, his time at Miami as a defensive coordinator, how do you accurately represent the most important figures in college football history without someone like Sonny Lubick? It just needs to be a more nuanced process, especially for these guys that meant so much at a smaller school. I I mean, I think of Mike Leach, too. He played a major role in revolutionizing modern offense with the air raid, him and Hal Mummy. So much so that they're using concepts from the air raid at every level, even if it isn't their actual system. Every team is using some type of, you know, verts concept and mesh routes. That's straight out of the air raid, and it's all due to people like Mike Leach. And you look at what he did at Texas Tech and even Washington State, what he was starting to establish at Mississippi State before he tragically passed far too soon. Those aren't teams that historically have dominated their leagues. Yeah, they're in power conferences, but you look at a Texas Tech and what they were doing in the mid-2000s with Graham Harrell and Michael Crabtree, and then he followed that up by making Wazoo relevant again and one of the more explosive, entertaining teams to watch. It's going to be a travesty if guys like Leach and Sonny aren't in the Hall of Fame. I get that there have to be standards and that this process is always going to be imperfect. There are always going to be people that are borderline. But we all know that the playing fields are not even in college football, that there are levels to this. And not being able to take that into account is going to mean that there are going to be a lot of really important guys in the history of this sport that end up getting left out. So I'm going to move on because I've ranted about this before and I'm sure I'll rant about it again. But I'm never going to stop pounding the table until Sonny Lubick is rightfully represented in the College Football Hall of Fame. I don't know how they make it happen. Maybe it's a a special selection committee process. They do already have something like that for the players. But uh, our man Sonny clearly deserves to be in the hall. I'm guessing a lot of you guys agree with me. If you didn't, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Uh, But we're going to move on. We're going to talk recruiting. Take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they're going to have your back long after you purchase. You can shop the entire collection at the brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall. Full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Just go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also want to shout out the homies over at Pins and Aces. They are, of course, the official golf and apparel partner of both All City and DNVR. We love our Pins and Aces gear and get tons of compliments on and off the course. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business based right here in Colorado. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, even our favorite beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right in your golf bag, keep the drinks cold the entire round, Check out pinsandaces.com. Use the code DNVR for 15% off your first order and free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Cool, cool, cool. This 2024 class really starting to come together. Certainly a strong West Coast presence still, although they have picked up a couple of guys from the Midwest now. Um, We'll start with Philip Ocon, and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. 
listed at six foot three, three hundred and fifteen pounds, out of St. Francis High School in La Canada, Flint Ridge, California. He is listed as a three-star prospect on two four seven Sports. Has multiple Mountain West offers, including Air Force, San Jose State, and UNLV. I believe his dad actually played at San Jose State, so a nice pull for the Rams. He also has an offer from Northern Arizona, but obviously ultimately went with the green and gold. Listed at 6'3", 315, like I said, right now plays offensive and defensive tackle, though he is being recruited to play a center for the Rams. According to the stats that he has listed on Max Preps, has recorded 71 total tackles, 13 quarterback hurries, and three sacks as a defensive tackle over the last couple of years. But I'm pretty intrigued by this guy. In addition to football, he has a martial arts background. He participates in jujitsu. And I would have to think that that would be an advantage just with some of the muscle development as well as hand-to-hand combat. Admittedly, I don't know a ton about jujitsu, but I would imagine that it would benefit an offensive lineman in some of the ways that wrestling does. Again, not an expert there on the nuance of martial arts, so don't come from my throat. But I just like that, like many of these prospects, I think being a a multi-sport athlete, being well-rounded is beneficial. With these offensive linemen, especially, you know, some of them are moving positions. Zach Smith has played tight end. He's going to be an offensive tackle. Philip Ocon has been an offensive tackle. He'll move into the interior. They're going to be raw at first. It's going to take some time to develop, but that's fine because true freshmen are very rarely going to play for you anyways. If they are, you're probably in trouble. It's because of injuries, like with what we saw from the offensive line last year. But give me a guy with a 6'3", 315 frame, a unique athletic profile. Give me a couple of years to coach him up, refine him. And his ceiling is going to be a lot higher than some of the guys we've seen recruited in the past who maybe had a little bit more positional experience in high school. But their ceiling really wasn't going to go up much from there. And especially in the trenches, I would say that's the biggest difference with recruiting philosophy from what we've seen from Jay Norvell versus the Adazio tenure. And I really think it's going to pay off long term. They just, they needed to get bigger. They needed to get more athletic. and That's what we're seeing. Moving on, we've got the first defensive back of the 2024 class. That, of course, Chauncey Davis, six foot, 165 pound cornerback. He has offers from every service academy, Navy, Army, and Air Force especially, has recruited him really hard. But I feel like the unranked prospect out of Edituanda High School in Rancho Cucamonga, California, really has the chance to be a steal for this class. He was noticed by cornerbacks coach Marcus Patton at a camp this summer. They got him on campus for an official visit, and he ended up committing. When I watch him on film, though, yeah, he's thin, but I like that he shows no qualms getting up in the play. He doesn't have any issues stepping up, trying to make a solo tackle. A lot of corners at that age, they're going to try and, you know, trip you, just kind of hold you up until somebody else comes. No, he's, he's getting in there. He's making plays. He had 64 total tackles over 14 games this past season. Also had a pair of picks and seven pass deflections. Definitely going to have to put on a little bit of weight at the D1 level. That's typical. But this dude is a burner. He can fly. His his first step is so quick. His closing speed is definitely something that jumped out to me on huddle. He's really twitched up. His reactions are, are definitely impressive. He's quite the athlete. And honestly, if he was an inch and a half taller, he's probably getting a ton of D1 interest. 
even as is, I'm surprised that there aren't more Mountain West programs making a run at him. He's right in their backyard. But I'm noticing that more and more. And that's something that Jay Norvell talked about with me on National Signing Day when he came into studio. There are a lot of high school prospects slipping through the cracks right now. Players that a couple of years ago would have been much more recruited by a wide range of college coaches. But with so many schools focusing on the transfer portal now, it opens up some opportunities for CSU to land some guys that are flying under the radar at the high school and junior college ranks. And I know it's easy to get caught up in the hype of recruiting. You pull up a guy and if you see somebody who has 40 offers and he picks your school, that's really exciting. But especially now more than ever, just because a guy doesn't have 20 offers or a bunch of recruiting stars or whatever, it doesn't mean that he can't be a guy that comes in and makes an impact for you. And I see what the staff likes about Davis. I, I really think he could be a diamond in the rough here. All right, keeping things moving, we've got the first prospect from the state of Indiana, six foot four, 235-pound defensive end Braxton Strong. He is out of Peru High School in Peru, Indiana, and does a little bit of everything for his squad. Uh, plays D-line and tight end at the moment. Had 31 catches for 419 yards and a pair of touchdowns this past year. Also had three carries for 25 yards. Nice, nice average there. At the end, had 27 total tackles and one sack, 64 total tackles, 11 tackles for loss, and five sacks over the last two years. Definitely love to see that consistency, especially when you know that teams are going to be scheming against him. When you watch him on huddle, it's unsurprising that he plays both sides of the ball because his size and athleticism just makes him a mismatch no matter where he lines up. He runs really well. And he's kind of a freight train coming downhill when he gets a lane at the quarterback. He just moves really well, and he's very fluid for a guy of his size. Um, He's a natural pass rusher. That's the best way to phrase it. Has good arm length, kind of Scott Patchen-esque in that sense. And what's cool is he's a guy that kills it on and off the field. He's being recruited by every single Ivy League school. Uh, He's taken official visits to Harvard, Princeton, and Yale in recent weeks. I mean, those are the best schools in the country. Also being recruited by Air Force, Army, and UConn. But he's rocking with the Rams, and I think the fans should be stoked about it. I I really do think he's a guy that could translate at the D1 level on either side. I could see him being a traditional tight end. But with that type of size and athleticism, I think he has a chance to be a game-breaker on the defensive side. Competition's going to be steep. They're bringing in a lot of guys in the trenches in this 2024 class, signed a bunch of dudes in the 2023 cycle as well. I'm excited about them. But D-line, looking like it could be one of the strengths for this program uh, for years to come. It should be one of the deepest groups on the team this year. If the coaches keep recruiting like this, it's going to remain that way. All right, we are going to move on. We're going to talk about a receiver with multiple ACC offers that committed to CSU as well as the most recent defensive line commit, Keegan Shank, he committed today. But FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's baseball season. Maybe you want to get a new Aloha shirt, straw hat to keep cool. They've got polos, bags, everything you need for the game. They've hooked us up with a ton of set decorations, a couple of really awesome pieces in the studio. They always have our back for Colorado sports, and FOCO is going to have your back too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. 
Also, you guys know that we love our Breckenridge beers over at DNVR, the beer of the month right now, the Mountain Beach Sour. One of my personal favorites. I always have some of this in my fridge. It's just the perfect amount of sweetness and tartness. Some session sours, they can be a little overwhelming. They, they really nailed it. And that's the thing about Breck. They've got a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some ice-cold Breck brew in hand. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer made with 100% renewable energy. Gotta love that. And just gotta love the convenience that they offer. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. All right, all right, all right. Moving on, we've got Dante Farrell, wide receiver out of Woodward Career Technical High School in Cincinnati, Ohio. As I mentioned before the ad break there, 6'2", 175-pound wide receiver, listed as a three-star prospect on 247 Sports and has multiple ACC offers. Boston College, Georgia Tech are both interested in his services. Uh, So is Memphis. He has nine D1 offers in total. And when you look at his numbers and when you watch him on film, it's easy to see why. 92 receptions for 1,714 yards, 12 touchdowns this past season, averaged 171 yards per game. So the numbers say he's a handful, and the film agrees. I mean, if you take the wrong angle on this guy, he's going to get away every single time. He's shifty laterally. He has burner speed. When he hits the gas, he's gone. He's one of those guys that when you watch him, He's moving so quickly, but it's it's just completely effortless with the stride. It doesn't even look like he's breaking a sweat. And then all of a sudden, he's you know created this 10-yard gap between him and the DB trying to run him down. It's, it's wild. If this staff can sign him and Jordan Ross and Corey Hall, I mean, those are some, those are some beasts out wide. He's got great ball skills in the air. Uh, plays DB at times, so you know that's going to translate just in terms of being able to high point the ball. There are a couple times where you see him basically just outman a dude on a 50-50 ball, bring it down. He's a four-down type wide receiver, the kind of guy that you could target in the vertical game trying to make a big play. He could be valuable in a possession situation. You got to move the sticks. Looks a lot like a young Torrey Horton or young Justice Ross Simmons or any of these guys that have come through. They're just so much better athletes than everybody they're going up against at this high school level. It'll take some time to translate and get your feet underneath you at the D1 level, but he's got NFL level traits and athleticism. And that's what this staff is trying to do. They're trying to find guys that are that profile and obviously still got to earn it. I mean, there are plenty of examples of guys that are hyped up as recruits, have all the athletic ability in the world to get to campus and never accomplish a damn thing. But that's where you hope the personal evaluations come into play, that these coaches have spent a lot of time on the recruiting trail with these players, with their families, with their coaches at the high school level. They've gotten to know you know, what they're like, how they handle stressful situations, what type of work ethic they have. It can be a tedious process trying to make these evaluations, trying to identify if a prospect not only has the athletic abilities that they want, but the type of character. But the good thing is the track record of this staff, pretty pretty good, pretty solid, at least since they've come over from what I've been able to see. Just a lot of good dudes in that program. A lot of really impressive athletes, but a lot of guys that you would want to hang out with or have dinner or just chop it up with. And that's a testament. That's a testament to the staff and what they're building. Um, moving on, the fifth commit, we've got Keegan Shank, 6'4", 255-pound edge at a Chaparral High School in Arizona. 
He has seven offers in total, including three others from Mountain West programs. Air Force, Nevada, and Utah State have all offered. Uh, Air Force, or excuse me, Navy, Northern Arizona, and Army have all recruited him as well. Former CSU linebacker coach Sean Cronin under Adazio actually currently at Army, so some familiar ties there. Uh, it, it was interesting, though, because it came down to seemingly CSU in Nevada, Jay Norvell's current and former schools. He took OVs to both of those programs, and uh, much like Jay, decided he'd rather be in Fort Collins. This past season, Shank did a little bit of everything. He played defensive end. He was a tight end. He was a kicker. Really no time in which he wasn't making an impact. According to what is listed on Max Preps, 35 total tackles, four sacks over nine games. 15 of those tackles went for a loss. Watching him on huddle, it definitely stands out how quickly he gets to the quarterback, another natural pass rusher, effective at sealing the edge and being a guy that can shut down a run game as well. Love to see that. And a lot like a lot of these other 2024 commits, you just love to see how well he moves, especially for a guy with that type of frame. All of these D-line commits, starting with Jack Moran, the very first commit of the cycle, and continuing with Trajan Townsend and Mari Binion, all these other dudes, Braxton Strong, they're all massive, but they all move really well. They run well. They're laterally quick. And it's going to take some time with the staff, some refinement, again, much like the offensive linemen, but their ceilings are really high. And I recognize that you're not going to hit on every single one of these guys. The numbers say that that's just not likely. But I mean, even one or two, and that's huge. So I'm just, I'm really excited about the future of this program. I'm excited to see a lot of these athletes when they finally get to campus and then kind of how that process all pans out. But it's encouraging that this staff is having so much success landing so many guys that have significant Power 5 interests, Mountain West interest, and they're picking CSU despite the fact that the Rams haven't won a damn thing in a half decade. We're building something legitimate right now, and I know all the attention is on Prime and CU and Boulder this and Boulder that and yada, yada, yada. I straight up had to turn the radio off today, listen to a couple of local guys basically claim it's a guarantee that the Buffs will be in a bowl. Uh, They should not only hit the over, but they should be expected to win seven, eight games, which is just an asinine thing to say, given how much unknown there is with that program. You don't know how any of that is going to work out. They have to play an insanely tough schedule. I'm, I'm getting worked up here. But my point is, let all these other folks sleep on CSU because they're going to get punched in the teeth here in the next couple of years. And maybe I'm drinking the Norvell Kool-Aid a little too much, but I think we will see this team in a Mountain West championship game, you know, by 2024, 2025. That is, of course, assuming the Mountain West still exists, that CSU is in the Mountain West and, you know, 8 million other things that we can't account for in the future. Uh, Cock ticking down on San Diego State, by the way, June 30th coming up real quickly. Anyways, that's all I have for part one. Again, part two, we're going to continue talking about recruiting. I'll give an update on a couple of guys that I think you guys should keep your eyes on. People I think CSU has a solid chance of landing, including a certain high-profile wide receiver that we've all talked quite a bit about over the last week. Thank you to the partners. Thank you to all of you for continuing to support me, all my content. It means the world. Much love, y'all. See you over on part two. Peace. What would you say if I told you I'd be the greatest MC that-
if there ever was And what would you say if I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them to number one And what would you say if I told you and nobody in the Brockham for a sold out crowd Damn, that shit is crazy, you probably never make it when you listening to that right now I said we on there